Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Fabel, and today is February 25th, 2022, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. I'm so excited today because there's been a lot happening this week. We're going to talk about it, but I'm joined by Eric Thornton, Commodity Specialist for McKinney Flavel. Hello, Eric. Happy Friday. Hello, Mike. Hello, podcasters. Hello. Welcome. And our director of risk management. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to him today about these markets. <laughs> Sean Bingham, how are you? Good, gentlemen. How are you? I'm good. Um, awesome. You know, guys, I uh, you know this because uh, before we got started, I was playing the gambler for you guys. And I started singing, and I didn't know you guys were, were on yet, so I apologize for that, But because um, my singing's not good. Um, oh no, Mike! It, it's it's really uh, it's thanks. it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't believe you. Um, mm. But uh, you know, I I felt it this morning, and and uh, here's here's a shout out to Kenny Rogers, great musician from the past. But I felt like this week was like the Gambler, mm. and um, as every all our listeners know out there, with uh, everything that's happening between Russia and the Ukraine and its impact on commodities. I thought today would be a great time to talk about that. Yesterday, in particular, uh, was a pretty big day. Um, Hopefully, nobody did anything too crazy from a uh, procurement standpoint, uh, because we'll talk a little bit more about that. But Eric, I thought you could talk a little bit from a commodity standpoint, um, what all this means and your thoughts around the grain markets. And then, Sean... From a technical point of view, what you you guys thought? So sound fair? Perfect. Do we have a choice? <laughs> Do I have a choice? We always have a choice. All right. Yes. No. Sounds great. <laughs> I know it's a tough one. I I don't disagree with you. So um, Eric, why don't we start with you? <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah. Obviously, um, major developments this week, as we've all seen, and. You know, obviously, this is a situation that's been looming over these markets, in particular wheat, as well as corn, um, and just really a macro from a macro perspective since last fall. Um, you know, beginning of last fall, when some of these threats were being made from Vladimir Putin in regards to Ukraine and overtaking and making threats to overtake the country, do something a little more serious there than just threats. And all throughout the winter here, we saw varying stories and threats of uh, one day there is going to be an impending invasion, one day there's not. So uh, all the while, though, Putin was amassing troops along the Ukrainian border. And that really helped, especially from a wheat perspective, keep prices uh, inflated. And I know from some of the folks we've been talking with for many months now, that's very important to wheat or a bullish factor for wheat because of the size and scale both Russia and the Ukraine are in terms of exports of grains there. Uh, Russia's number two in terms of total exports. They are number one, though, in terms of individual country of exports of wheat. It's just that uh, USDA bundles the EU into one bucket. So actually, the EU is slightly higher than Russia, but they're number two. And the Ukraine is number four for wheat exports, about 25% or so of the collective world wheat exports at 59 million metric tons projected this year. So if you take those two major 
exporters out of the marketplace for physical shipments out of the Black Sea in particular, where else is, is importers and, and buyers of wheat going to go? First to the EU and then close second, likely the US. Mm-hmm. So that was always weighing on, on wheat and prices here. And obviously, you know, with the developments the last 48 hours, you saw the reaction upwards in price and even some of the, you know, it's still obviously a very volatile situation, very tense. I think the thing we're trying to evaluate now is how long this this lasts and what intensity and, and to what level if we do see some disruptions in exports. I know Bungie and ADM have already shut down operations in Ukraine, and there is definitely talks of exports being halted, at least right now. But again, it's a matter of how long that lasts. And mm-hmm. if this is, you know, months, we, we could start to see some increase to U.S. exports. And we've also been seeing that export category get revised down pretty substantially over the last four months here in the U.S. just because our sales have been underperforming the USDA targets each month. So we're standing at 810 million bushels today, but obviously the what's being baked in or priced in is that number actually going higher and rising if we start to see some sales uh, as a fallout from what's happening in Ukraine. So that's the major bullish factor there for wheat, at least um, when you know we're in kind of a quiet fundamental time period overall in the dormancy window, but we'll be quickly coming out of that in the spring and, and start to get into the Northern Hemisphere planting and growth cycles. And again, it's also an unknown of how much this may impact the current production estimates in Ukraine and Russia as well. You know, Russia is already expected to have a slight rebound in their crop from last year, somewhere in the low 80 million metric ton range. You know, what what impacts could we see from that if there is a persistent war and especially in Ukraine? But um, for wheat, I think it's just going to be a lot of volatility ahead. I know Sean will probably get more into the pricing piece, but we've seen yesterday that prices kind of eclipsed the highs of 2012 from a Chicago standpoint, you know, getting into the the mid and upper $9 per bushel range and kind of, you know, I think things could go higher and get a little more crazy before they get better. And ultimately fundamentals will rule out, but this will be the dominant story for definitely the foreseeable future um, yeah. specific to wheat. And, and on the corn side, I think I touched on it a little bit, but obviously Ukraine is a major exporter of corn as well. So again, same same fear factors, if you will, yeah. with their expectations to export 33.5 million metric tons total of exports. I know there's still plenty of open sales to sell to China. We'll see how that plays out. Really, that's what's going to be the big deciding factor here in the next couple of weeks and months in my opinion. Yeah. Thank you for the recap. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, it's like anything with this type of situation. It's how long is it going to happen? What's actually going to happen and what sanctions, uh, stay on or happen. It's, it's just a, a lot of uncertainty. So yeah, a lot of volatility. So let's, let's shift a good recap. Thank you. Let's shift over to Sean and, and Sean, I, well, I'm going to mention something to the listeners out here because we have all these great risk management products and you do this daily part of the program. You do a daily technical outlook. And I love this piece that you do every morning because it's a good way to start the day and understand what's going to happen and what's been happening 
on it from a technical side. So we get to look into your crystal ball, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, but give us an idea from a, uh, technical standpoint, what you're seeing on those markets and, and kind of what you expect. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the kind plug, by the way. Yeah. You know, I look at this, I shouldn't say I look at this. I think the market looks at this as a grain and energy event. I think what happened yesterday was a couple things. One, uh, we finally got the invasion that I think you know, most people thought was was coming. And as the day passed, I, I think a lot of traders reserved themselves to the fact, and not just traders, I think a lot of a lot of folks everywhere reserved the, themselves to the fact that Putin is probably going to uh, have control of the country in very short order. He's going to install his own government. But at the same time, uh, Russia and, the, and Ukraine together are, you know, the, their grain and energy exports are massive. And Putin doesn't really want, he, he really has no reason to stop that. That's his lifeblood. Russia is a country in decline, honestly. And I think he wants to bring back the old Soviet empire, uh, maybe very misguided, uh, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, Russia's per capita GDP is is just a little over ten thousand dollars, and they're number eighty five on the country list. That compares to us around uh, wow. sixty three thousand, and we're number nine. We're you know we're not even in the top five. So you know, I think this is a play for him to try to resurrect a lot of that old Soviet uh, nostalgia, and so he will probably have control of the country in in fairly short order. But if you noticed uh, a couple things that happened, and then I'll bleed into how that reacted technically. In Biden's statement yesterday, he was very specific to say they they were not going to sanction energy payments, and the market took that right away. And and even though this is a you know a, a wheat and energy story, if it's an energy story, now it's an now it's an edible oil story, right? I, that that whole dynamic has shifted. Mm -hmm. And so what we saw, we saw soybeans start to peel off. Then we saw crude oil start to peel off. And then all of a sudden everything started, started to go down. The market, you know, got less nervous. And then what happened was now, once we had this shift, now let me back up a second on the whole rally. I think what you saw was a lot of those last shorts getting squeezed out of the market. How do you know that? We had a big range expansion bar. We were locked at the limit for a little while. And if you look at open interest, open interest has actually been tailing off in corn and soybeans over the last few days. That's another key that that this is not new longs going into the market. These are just people getting squeezed out. Mm. And then what happens when all the, the, the shorts get squeezed out? All of a sudden, there's a big gap. There's no buyers. The buyers are all exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so what, what the speculators do, especially the high-frequency algo guys, they realize that they come in and they try to hammer the market down because they realize the buyers are gone. They're exhausted. Nobody, you know, the, the other long-term traders, they don't want any part of buying at those kind of prices right now. And so that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing, you know, that statement by Biden that they were not going to really limit energy, I think had people thinking, well, if they're not going to limit energy, that, that helps the, the uh, edible oil market. And if they're not going to really hamper energy outflow, why would they hamper grain outflow? And, and, you know, everything over the next few days is up in the air. But I think in the, on the long run, I think the story is we're probably going to see grains flow and energy flow pretty much as, as they were. 
And so now you've got, uh, you know, wheat, you know, Chicago wheat down 70, KC wheat down 75, corn down 30, uh, soybeans down 50. And what's happening here is we're seeing uh, some of these high frequency uh, algos step in now that we're breaking some of these uh, prior support levels and really trying to press the market down. Now, this will probably go on for another couple of days and then they'll quit doing it because they're they're not in it for the long run. They'll try to capture those profits back as you know, or capture that all back pretty quick. And we very well could go right back up to the highs uh, next week or the week after. But just when you take it all technically into account, the big, you know, new highs, you know, new new multi-year highs, a big range expansion bar, a failure at the top when every other contract but wheat fell almost almost lower on the day, some of them, uh, and then the open interest fallout. It just looks to me like we probably set a peak in the market for at least some period of time going forward. And my guess would be if if this plays out like I think, I think it could be back to the seasonal period where we see the season, the regular seasonal highs before maybe the market recovers back. But I think I think if you're a buyer out there, uh, sharpen up your pencil because I think there's a, there's a very good chance that in the next uh, couple weeks we're going to see some some much better prices than than what we did yesterday uh, near the peaks. Excellent, that's good news. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> The only bad thing that probably happened with all this was I think you know, the Fed has backed off their 50 basis point hike uh, in March, cut it cut it down to probably closer to a quarter. But ultimately, they're still on a path to continue to raise rates. And that's always yeah. a good headwind for the uh, for the commodity markets to have to overcome. And so, yeah, I, I mean, yesterday was an ugly, ugly day in the morning, uh, but hopefully that was the blow off top and things are going to get better from here. Good. I like it because, you know, Sean, we did a uh, inflation station podcast a few weeks ago and I feel like, <laughs> I mean, it's information. We got to process it, but uh, it's good to see um, some positive signs, at least down to the downside for these markets. So great, great recap, Eric. Great recap, Sean. You know what, everyone out there, we're going to be at the colloquium this weekend through mid next week, and Sean's going to be there. So if you want to meet Sean and you're going to the colloquium and you've never met Sean or you've never met Eric. Yeah, Eric's going to be there too. Eric's going to be there too. So uh, we would love to uh, introduce you to to both these uh, talented folks here. So we'll see you at the colloquium. Be awesome. um, oh, and Mike, I mean, you probably yeah. don't know this, but we, uh, we have a special... Uh, carnival style dunk tank set up for you when you get there. <laughs> ah. So if 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 uh, if yeah. uh, cu- customers out there yeah. that have always wanted to uh, yeah. dunk Mike in a freezing bucket of uh, yes. a bucket of water tub of water, Let's come on by. We're, yeah, I think we're gonna uh, set that it. up in the lobby. Yeah, I love it. There and I go. know a few. Yeah, I know a few of those uh, folks yeah. out there actually are former like baseball players. So I'm, there you go. We're I'm in trouble. In a, we're putting Mike in a speedo and setting him in the lobby. There. Oh <laughs> man, that that is not fair to anybody to see. <laughs> Oh, great. Well, we're looking forward to it. And um, I'm going to plug our spring seminar that's in Oakbrook, Illinois. That's close to Sean's house in Naperville. It's really close. It's close. He's going to probably walk there. Maybe, maybe not. Mm, but Maybe uh, not that close. No, not I that close. I may walk home. You may walk <laughs> home. Okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ah. 
That's fun. I like that. Uh, but it's April 27th. You can register at McKinney-Flavelle.com. If you can't make it there for whatever reason, you can do it virtually. You can register online virtually as well. We look forward to seeing folks either in person or online uh, at that seminar. It's a best one-day seminar packed with information talking about supply chain woes, COVID, how to navigate through all this stuff. So great information. So yeah, you know, as I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family. And until next time, the next podcast, which will be our live from the colloquium, which you're probably here, Eric uh, and yes. Sean and Craig and Kevin and Nicole and Steve. All right, everybody have a great weekend. Take care. Cheers. Be safe, everyone. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.